So, welcome, 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 welcome to BF Goggles. It's been a while since we've been able to get together and record. Um, uh, I like to thank everybody for their patience as we live our lives. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm so happy to be here with Francesca. Yeah. Um, to talk about, less happy to talk about the show, but so happy to be here with Francesca. <laughs> <laughs> Not that early shade. <laughs> You know, it's you okay. Know. You beat me to it. We're getting there. <laughs> I'm just like, dang, not first strike. First strike. So this anime that we're gonna talk to you about um, is a recommendation from Francesca. So she's gonna provide some context for <laughs> what happened oh. in the adapt- adaptation. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> that we watched. And this is like one of the one of the more unique ones where um, we kind of watched it as it was airing together. Um, usually, I recommend something to Francesca, and then she marathons it, um, or vice versa. So, the anime that we watched was um, last season's "The Magical Revolution of the Reincarnated Princess and the Genius Young Lady." If you thought that might be a title of an, a light novel, you would be correct. <laughs> um, yeah, so give us, what, what's it about, Francesca? You're doing the... Oh, uh, this, okay. The summary. Yeah, the magical revolution of the reincarnated princess. <sighs> the genius young lady. Um, yeah, it's a light novel. It got adapted. It's also uh, an ongoing manga, um, and it got adapted to a 12-episode series, but it basically follows um, Anasefia, but she goes by Anis or Anisasama by um, Yuffie, who's another character. But first, Anis, she's the princess of Paletia, but it's like, but it seems like it's like it's like 19th century sort of uh, aesthetics with a fantasy setting. And so basically, she's the princess who has a epiphany or like, um. Something happens in her youth, and she recollects her past life, and then kind of goes on this mission to um, bring, like, find the way to wield magic. So she doesn't actually in this world you can wield magic, and members of the royal family are supposed to, as well as the aristocracy, but she can't. And so mm-hmm. she goes on a quest to find the means to, like, basically harness her uh, ability, the ability to use the magic that's in the world jump forward like what 10 years or 12 years she's doing that and uh the meanwhile her younger brother is really publicly and shamefully breaking off his engagement to euphilia who's the uh other protagonist um and she's like the daughter of the um regent not the regent what is he he's kind of like a vizier he's like uh yeah, who is she? Like um, um prime prime minister. Oh yeah, okay. So yeah, the PM. So he's um she's the daughter of the PM who is engaged to the prince. He breaks it off with her to go for this other girl who is very mysterious in the beginning. 
and he does so in a crowd full of people at a very public event and is like shaming his girl uh his fiance now ex-fiance yuffie Annis flies in because she has finally figured out how to craft a flying broom and was doing a test run whisks her away and 12 more episodes ensue <laughs> with like varying relationships being um coming out and uh some short little kind of like mini arcs and then you know a nice little clean bow on it at the end of uh, 12 hilarious hilarious yes this this sounds like a great summary um this is going to be hard because i mostly want to talk about all the things they didn't like about it (laughs) but also hoping that francesca gives me like context for it okay um just because you had read the light novel right and so no i haven't read the light novel but oh you've read the i'm reading the manga the manga is still going got it Got yeah. it. Is, a, is the manga the going past where the anime was? Oh yeah, no, it's not. The uh, yeah, the anime is like, I think they compacted a bunch of stuff, or like yeah. threw in like snippets of other novels. But it's like four or five novels or something right, right now. Yeah, and then, yeah, like, I just liked it. It's on its sixth one. Oh okay, so it's yeah, and then multiple volumes of the manga, but the manga is is like kind of just corresponding to the novels. Right. Whereas this is. Yeah, they were doing shit that like I've only like read ahead about, mm. but interesting. Yeah. So, the, I I have a lot of I have a lot of a variety of things that I that uh, that this anime made me think of. Okay. One I think is like a a bigger scope. So I'm just gonna start with the bigger scope and not really go into the anime quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's actually about isekai in general. Okay. And you even described it in your like description. Mm-hmm. Uh, isekai is like a really big genre um and even when you're trying to think about what an isekai is there might be like misunderstandings of what it's supposed to be but essentially an isekai uh anime which i think we talked about when we talked about um the virgin road mm-hmm. um you know is like someone is someone is in from a different world and they're transported to another world right um often this world is our world um often this happens because they have uh, died like too soon or, mm-hmm. t- or in a tragic accident mm-hmm. um sometimes they are summoned and there was no death in the transition mm-hmm. um what it has come to mean on top of these things or the, what, yeah, what usually happens is this isekai character also finds themselves uh, usually being overpowered or there's some knowledge that, allow, uh, that allows them to um, excel in this, in this world that they're in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and usually uh, what's been happening a lot is that like, which isn't in this case. It's not in this anime's case, but uh, what a lot of isekais have been, especially as like kind of fulfilling certain kind of male fantasies, is um, they they enter a very a world that is essentially like a game like world, mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's levels and there's skills that they can get and like all this kind of stuff. Right. Um, this is not this case. Um, this is like, you know, this world is supposed to be built, mm-hmm. but it almost feels like it is just a generic fantasy world. Mm-hmm. And like, 
I feel like a lot of isekais, what they're doing is, like, the world is almost so generic that it just, like, lends itself on, on fantasy tropes to, like, fill in. Mm-hmm. But, like, the the world itself is unformed. And so, like, you just... You, you just are supposed to assume to, like, kind of know what kind of world it is based off of these, like, little details, you know? Mm-hmm. And it kind of feels like there's something around creativity that's like lost in world building and then also they kind of just like blend together you know yeah um and so you're just like you know this this actually happened with um when yuffie is rejected publicly by the prince um that entire scene verbatim and i don't know what year it was in relationship to other things so i'm not saying that like this wasn't necessarily written first Mm -hmm. um but the entire scene verbatim is exactly what happens in every isekai where the where someone is isekai as a villainous (laughs) it's like the exact same dialogue the exact same emotional beats um and i was just kind of like yeah i've seen this before Mm -hmm. um and it, I feel like that's sometimes what happens with isekais is that, like, they start to, like, blend in really, like, weird ways. And so it's not it's it's not a deep frustration. I'm mostly irritated with the genre for just, like, being kind of generic, you know? I mean, I agree, but then what I want to say, I agree that there's it's, like, remarkably little world building. And it, like, has a lot of... It's borrowing a lot from the genre, but then I agree with you because I think to a certain... Like, isekai is such a weird meta-genre because Mm -hmm. it's, like, people are taking it at face value as, oh, a person has been, like, reincarnated into another world. So there is, like, a a reality-to-reality thing that's kind of going on. Or you have isekais that are like someone got transported into a game, someone got transported into their fav- their favorite fantasy novel, someone right. got like sometimes a person's previous knowledge is just the fact that they're reborn, but there's like so much of it that it's like this person was reborn into this fantastical thing of their previous reality, but it's like like if you if you focus on the fact that they got transported into something that was consumable like a game or a book then it makes sense that it's so bland in a way because mm, mm, mm. it's just like you know fantasy genres at this point are pretty uninspired I, and i mean that nicely like it really takes a lot to like to turn something out that's like truly unique because right. most of these things are are really um like modules Right, and right. so it's just kind of like it's just like Legos. Like the pieces themselves are generic, but like the thing you put together is maybe has some uniqueness. Um, yeah. So there's yeah. like a weird balance between recognizing the point, like the pieces, and then saying, "Oh, but this is like a nice spin." So I didn't. I get what you're saying about like there being so little, and maybe I'm just the person who they're hoping like their their magic has worked, and I'm just like just like thinking oh it probably goes like this in the back of my head because it's like a history thing and i probably know more about like kind of prussian german 19th century life than i do Mm -hmm. about like the tolkien verse or like something that's super high fantasy right um 
I would also say maybe the same about Princess Principle. Like, we kind of just accept that there's, like, a steampunk thing, and then there's this, like, whole world building that goes on, and we only know, like, a small moment of the history. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of are just, like, making assumptions along the way. Yeah. In hindsight, I'm like, yeah, that's a real, that's that, that's a huge gap. But then it's like, I think the genre is built for being really minimally constructed. Well, so, th- and this is the thing, because you make a really great point, And, you know, you said like, oh, there's like an interesting twist or spin on like what's supposed to be going on here. Mm-hmm. And this is what I wanted to know as someone who like read the manga, um, if they got more into, because I think one of the smart things that isekais do especially when someone gets reincarnated at birth right because sometimes if you get summoned into the world as like your own age Mm -hmm. then like there's a different kind of thing that you're navigating right Mm -hmm. um but if you kind of are summoned at birth with like your memories etc um then that's like a different growing that happens Mm -hmm. and we've seen it before and you know um villainous right Mm -hmm. like we get her like early childhood life um because she realizes it uh when she's like seven or something right mm-hmm. um and so you get to see the way that she interacts and like grows into the world mm-hmm. um and in this i feel like the the most important the most interesting twist that this was supposed to provide was that the princess was a genius and that the pr- princess was a genius around um a revolutionary it's revolutionary the other girl's a genius but you know she's she's still a genius in her own way she's supposed to she's supposed to make Uh, magical items like plausible Mm -hmm. right and we get told this by the narrative we get to see some of the things that she does right that she's made but we never get to actually see her make them and we never actually get to see her make the first one and we never actually get to see like any of her like childhood life that like is supposed to be built around her character Mm -hmm. and shows her joy and obsession with this thing that she like often puts her like body at risk to do, Mm -hmm. you know? And this is one of the ones I was like really confused about because it felt like there was actually so much integral in interior thoughts and in childhood build up that we didn't get for like anyone because of like where we're placed that a lot of the emotions felt really strange right because they were kind of were taken they were kind of taken with all this build-up but we as the audience like didn't actually like get any of that experience um especially because we don't her being the princess being isekai is like maybe mentioned like once or twice in the beginning and then Mm -hmm. is completely like not even important to the narrative until the end Mm -hmm. you know um, at least as like an anime viewer only, yeah. and so I kind of I kind of wish that I got what made this what was supposed to make this interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Because she's like born without magic in a in a school in a in a society where she should have magic, and she's like rebels in a particular kind of way that's supposed to make her interesting, you know? Yeah, um, and also maybe slightly on the villainous track, but mm-hmm. I think. I agree. I agree what you're saying about like the interiority and like there's kind of this sense of buildup, but like not actual buildup. And I think that it. I think it. I I'm willing to suspect because I haven't read the visual not or the the light novel that it's probably like third person omniscient. Mm. And it's just like so. There's probably the the voice can probably flip back into forth between characters to hide certain things. 
Right. But maybe you do have those moments where there's like a tease, like, here's what they're thinking. Oh. And like <laughs> in the um, manga that's going slower, there's definitely a lot of like conversations from people talking about how other people must feel and like a lot of tension in dialogue because you get way more dialogue. Oh, okay. But um, I don't really see too much of the... Um, it You don't see too much more into anyone's brains, really, other than the fact that it's like... Like, the proportion of dialogue is probably balanced interior, exterior stuff hmm. um, for what what happens, what you see in the show. Do you get to see her make anything? I don't think so. I think that... I think it's just like in passing like and really yeah. when you watch the show it's it's really not about her being her um eponym is it is it an eponym uh, that's something like her title like the thing uh -huh. that they call her her being the reincarnated uh, princess well or they th call her oh yeah yeah what do they call her they call her the rebellious reincarnated princess right in the title oh yeah is that oh no Right? The um, magical revolution of the... Oh, it's just reincarnated no, no, princess. Yeah. Tensei Ojo. Tensei Ojo. Yeah. They... Ep, eh. Do you feel like that's a, not a great translation? No, no, no. That's that's a translation. I'm just saying that, like, her... The, it, the title of the show is The Reincarnated Princess and the Genius Young Lady. But her being the reincarnation... The reincarnated princess like spawns a thing but has very little to do with what's actually going on in the show i wouldn't yeah. say that that's true about yuffie because or it 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 has more moments of being true because it's like if her genius is that she can she has this talent which i'm just like that just seems like not really saying much about genius but she mm -hmm. she does do a lot of like smart stuff and she does show like political intelligence right but then she also has when I feel like the genius thing that Anis is saying that's genius about her is her ability to use magic. Yes, because she's supposed to be able to use all six elements, um, like, simultaneously, like, effortlessly. Right. Um, and that's, like, a talent. That's not really... I mean, genius to me seems like... Maybe it could be talent. Maybe it could be skill. But I guess I thought here it was, like, supposed to be more skill-based. But it's, like, to, to Anis, like, it's her talent. And then, like, in the actual show, it's her skill. Yeah. I feel like I feel like it's, like, um, she's also supposed to be really good at being able to use all six of them. But she, like, right. she, it's, like, one of those, this is one of those things also around world building is that, like, I feel like you don't get to see her use those, that skill set very often or have an understanding of how skillful she is because, like, you're just supposed to assume that, like, because she can use six that she's really cool. But then, like, you don't see her in comparison with a lot of other people. Yeah. And when she could be in comparison, like, when Annis fights her brother, mm -hmm. right? Um, which is kind of, like, the mid-season the, the mid finale-ish feels to it. Right. Um, she's, like, over there trying to, like, heal, like, someone who's got their heart ripped out, right? <laughs> so she, like, <laughs> the one time she could have been, like oh, I'm going to fuck you up because all you can use is water magic, clearly, which you have to assume only because he only uses versions of water magic in, the, in, in that fight. Um, so you just assume that that's what he can only do. Right. Um, 
you like don't get that opportunity you know and i think that that was like uh, one like part <laughs> part of my difficulty with the thing because going back to at least honest like i think a core part of her character was that she can make these things and a mm-hmm. core moment is that she makes yuffie this like beautiful sword right, right. this rapier and all we get is like her being like i'm gonna make you something and then she like goes away and then she's like look i made it and we don't get any of the labor around it even right. though she clearly labored over it yeah and we don't get like even like a quick montage of her trying out different shapes and different forms and mm-hmm. like in whatever would like show something interesting because you know yeah we have no idea part of the caveat of them making a revolutionary kingdom or a revolutionary moment is them using is them creating magical items and we have like no idea really how they're made <laughs> yeah and and why she's so revolutionary as the because of her foreknowledge or whatever and creating them right yeah no i i mean i think what i'm hearing is that it's like or at least what i'm taking away from what you're saying and reframing into what i'm gonna say <laughs> is that it sounds like it was really it's like a really character-driven show Yes. But it's like there's no like the thing about fantasy as a genre is that fantasy thrives when it's world driven. Mm-hmm. And so when we get into isekai, it's like Loki trying to take the square, like very heavily engraved, like crafted, um, you know, square and like trying to stick that into just kind of like a like a amorphous round hole. And it's right. just like, well, we're going to start butchering our art now because we're trying to fit two different shapes together. And one of them we spent, like, it, one of them takes time to, like, really get to know. And then by lopping off pieces of it, it's like, well, it's already, like, a fraction of what it was. So to a certain degree, it's probably not going to make sense or it's just, like, not going to seem as precious or something like that. Yeah, and I think that it's one of those things where you're absolutely right. It is a character-driven show, and I was so f- I was so frustrated because it felt like it felt like the the details of the characters didn't inform anything about the show. Like for a long time, I was like, "Why is this isekai? Like this could have just been a fantasy show, mm-hmm. and you could have just like added more into the world building for fantasy, and you might have something more successful." Because I'm still unclear why she needs to be. Um, an isekai protagonist because I also felt that for a large portion of the show like Yuffie is supposed to be the main character or at least the character that you feel the most empathy for throughout the show Um, but even then that's like really complicated because we don't know Yuffie and they and and they both kind of sit in positions of fulfilling a trope that's supposed to be inverted later Mm -hmm. but we don't have all the character building of either of them and so all the emotional moments that should feel really big are like they they're like minimized or something like they're they're flattened they're flattened right um because you know yuffie's like struggling with not being chosen by the prince her like station she has all these like intense feelings there's also her trying to like wrap her head around um anise's like interest in her and like maybe her attraction um or just attraction in general because mm-hmm. she like always saw her 
feature as being queen as like duty which like means that she was like maybe not devoid of attraction and all of that is like really interesting but you know when you have your genki princess girl also becoming like an emotional wreck and then your emotional wreck girl still being an emotional wreck there's like they're not really they're not really like balanced with each other and then like and then you're like you're like okay well i'm supposed to empathize with someone here and i actually have no idea about this protagonist girl at all because you're giving us no time with her and so i have to get i have to get feeling out of the most tropey out of the two of them right and then that's really hard because i have no idea what the sense of this world is and it low-key and some of the some of their uh, motives feel so petty yeah <laughs> you know like they don't feel they don't feel like they feel like rich people motives which i get it they're aristocrats it, it is rich people motives yeah. but they just like they don't feel like they actually are like real reasons to like do anything like her brother's reasons to start the coup like it was like oh you Bullshit. started the coup. yeah yeah you you started the coup because you like didn't feel like love or something or you misinterpreted what your sister did like oh okay very deus so, ex <laughs> yeah 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 they seemed like kind of like what and like why am i supposed to like why am i supposed to care yeah yeah i mean on one hand it's like am i supposed to care this is so this is such a consumable genre that it it seems just kind of like it's meant to be sort of like just taken in and tossed away i mean people just really like wolf down light novels so maybe i don't know I think maybe there's some kind of consumptive, uh, just something to like absorb and move on, like a meal. Like ah, oh, thanks for the food. Yeah, well, but it's still like I don't know. Maybe I maybe I just like think like um, media should be a little more precious. Sorry, I was trying to remember. Oh no, you're not it. Okay. Um, well, I was like thinking about this too. Is that like light novels used to be the problem with light novels before were that they had overly complicated world building Mm -hmm. which is a really interesting thing where like you would watch an anime and the first episode episode would basically be exposition Mm -hmm. because there was so much details about the world or about the magic system Mm -hmm. or about whatever that you like needed kind of this all this information they also felt like more drama and there was a time where they were more like maybe cerebral Mm -hmm. like boogie pop phantom Mm -hmm. is a light novel Mm -hmm. which is all like esoteric and in your head but you know it's like there's like uh, this is not in Boogie Pop Phantom. This would just be an example of something that was like light novel back in the day. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, there's the 13 Sentinels. Oh, that's an anime or that's yeah. a video game. But like, you know, whatever, we'll use it. Um, <laughs> there's like, there's 13 Sentinels and they're trying to stop the world from, um, you know, the the horizon point break. And, you know, you can only use like, um, you can only use nectar which is this substance that is only formed you know like that like it would be these like long explanations of like a world to make it unique and interesting Mm -hmm. and it feels like at some point um excel world is a really great example where there's like all these like time shenanigans and like color theory and whatever and you know they like go into a different world etc um yeah so it felt like there was like all this kind of like there was like almost too much and now they've like swung the other way where like instead of being like oh we built this world it's just like oh let's like slot in a world which i think is also why i liked virgin road mm. 
um, which I like said on a, the episode probably, but like, I was like, oh, this felt like, this felt like a world, mm. you know? And this felt like there was like, the magic system was loose enough, but you like knew that there was like world and mythos. And as you dug more into the narrative, regardless of whether their relationship felt true, you at least had good world building like around it. Mm. And this was like completely the opposite. <laughs> I mean, I think the pace of of uh, of um, Virgin Road was is like on par with the the pace of the me- other media. Whereas mm. this one, I think, I think is a little bit more like compacted, or it's like it's like it's mostly covering maybe like the first three books, and then like s- smashing in some like sections of the like the next three. Yeah. Or something yeah, like it that. So it definitely felt like they they should have instead of go ahead, sorry go ahead no no sorry, no I, cut you off. I was like I feel like they should have ended they should have paced it in a way where it ended with the brother instead of trying to end with the kiss because it almost felt like they tried to like rush to get to the kiss because like the beginning chapters there's not enough Yuri and they ultimately wanted to end on a Yuri note maybe right. But, like, there was too much plot before then to really end it on a way that would, like, submit that it was Yuri. I mean, I I think as long as one of them is saying, I want to kiss you and does it, that's probably just, like, fine in terms of meeting, like, the the Yuri quotient. I, I, think, I think that maybe there's a way in which, like, the, like, sheer number of moments that could probably quant like qualify as like wishy-washy buildup probably yeah. just has to find a resolution in this very rushed kiss scene <laughs> and i don't think it wasn't successful to a degree i just think that the pacing was off the buildup was bad and it kind of also fell flat but so that's like yeah. on par with how the thing like the show came off like to- right, in to- right, right. like when it all comes out because it's like the first four episodes it's like oh okay cool if this was like 36 episodes i'd feel fine about this other than the fact that it's like oh man this is a long series and you're really really you know keeping me in here for the long haul if yeah. this is the time you're gonna take to like build shit out and have like mini adventures and learn more about the planet and like grow as characters that's fine but that's not what happens. You get 12 episodes. Yeah. So. Well, and that was, I was confused about that too. Cause it felt like they were always in the palace. And I was like, isn't there supposed to be like a sense of adventure for the two no. of you? Um, yeah. The sense but, of adventure. It's all just like whiffs. It's like perfume. It's like, yeah. they just like, they just like sit in a room and just like smell all different kinds of perfumes. And then suddenly that's supposed to be the experience, but it's like, no, 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 you got all these, you literally got all these ingredients from the outside world and are pointing to it and saying the outside world is a fantastic place where you can do all these things. But then you just stay in these interior spaces and talk about that shit as though we've all, we all get what you're saying. And it's like, no, we want to see what's so great about it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it was, you know, there's like a, the confusing element detail of like, her slaying the dragon and then getting the dragon tattoo and like that was really cool it was a cool moment right but then the dragon curses her right and you like have no idea what the curse is supposed to do yeah i just read on the wiki what it was supposed to do um just because i was looking for the prime minister character and it was literally like 
oh, it turns her into a dragon eventually. And I was like, where's that? And like, yeah. like her, and like he, re- the dragon recognizes her as being reincarnated, mm-hmm. right? As an outworlder. Mm-hmm. And it's like, again, one of these moments where there's like a snippet of it being acknowledged in the show. Mm-hmm. It's essential to the last arc of the fucking uh, anime. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like none of the buildup is there. Right. Um, and it's like so confusing because it's like she does it so she can use magic. But then when she's doing all these magical feats with the dragon tattoo, why doesn't the family realize that she can do magic now? You know what I mean? Like there is like that even disconnect doesn't make sense. She literally gets the dragon tattoo so she yeah. can use magic. She is doing magical feats in front of her family, um, literally, yeah. and no one in the family is like, "Oh, you know, dra- you know magic. Right. Like you like, have access you to, to magic." Yeah. yeah, it's just kind of like, "Oh, you're like upset that your like girlfriend like wants to become an immortal spirit to like save you from this duty that you like don't want to do." Uh, yeah. You know, like, like it was just like, what are these emotional beats that are going on? And maybe if she was turning into a dragon, like, she's going to live a really, like, much longer than, like, what the narrative would imply, right? right? Which is, like, you know, and, 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 like, Yuffie becoming the eternal girlfriend, like, it makes sense that it's, like, such a Yuri trope, you know? Like, obviously, their, their, their love has to be fractured by some sense of eternity. Yeah. Um, this is like, I look Kanadzuki no Miko shit. Exactly. And I like low-key loved that it was there as like a Yuri trope. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I was just like, what is going like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) It was just like me every single time. There was like weeks I wouldn't like watch it right away. And so I would have like two or three episodes to watch at once. And the show fared better when I did that. Um, But also I was just like, this was not it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Holy Fully, this cornucopia was like all like half wilted, and like some of the food, some of the fruit actually was a little like too ripe. And it's just like, yeah. oh no, I can't. This is if I try to eat this, I will gag. Yeah, like even the like even what there's like a full. It's so interesting that you talk about compression, right? Because there's like a full episode that's dedicated to like, um, oh, what is her name? The vampire girl. Oh, um. What is her Right, like you get her backstory. It's all about her. It's all about figuring out what's going on with her, and it totally takes away from the two main characters that we like don't spend enough time with. Yeah. Um. Right. Um. Well, it's I guess it's Lainey in the English, but uh, Rainey. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. So R's and L's. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like not pronounced right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She gets so much time, and then it's like. Bitch, you just fell away. Actually, we spent all this time with you for you to literally get your heart ripped out. And then I was like, oh, my God, what are we watching right now? What are yeah. we doing right now? Am I really about? And But to be fair, like that had a Yuri moment. I was like, oh, surprise Yuri moment. That's cute. That's I like this. With her and the. Um... Yeah. Not, not her and the not her and the maid having better chemistry than the, the Thank two main you. girls. Thank you. I I really wanted to like get your thoughts on this. Don't you agree? I agree. Yeah. They have yeah. much better chemistry. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Like um, like immediately, like yeah. the moment that she's like, "Oh, I have to suck blood," and that like the like she's like sucks the blood of the maid, and then she just like blushes like all the time. Yeah. I was just like, what the actual fuck? But and then, then they also become maids uh, together and it's like, Oh, look at you. Yeah, you feel very sleeping, comfortable now. 
Yeah, sleeping in the same maid dorm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you need anything, we'll be over sleep. there. And I, we mean if you need anything. <laughs> like, don't call me about some bullshit. We're busy. <laughs> yeah, you better ring that bell when you actually need to. She needs blood. Mrs. I have to go. Mrs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, just like her being like, I didn't protect you well enough. Like, and that all that entire scene is really cool. This is something that we'll say. There's some times where the animation is really good and oh, really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, it's not. I'm not gonna take it with that away from the show. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know. Yeah. The wild part is, I I didn't I didn't have a sense of it feeling rushed because i felt like nothing was going on of consequence Mm. until the very end right and then i was like this is rushed this is definitely rushed Mm -hmm. but yeah that's interesting to know it's more compressed i mean i think so i think the manga is like in it's like chapter 30 or something and is like just now getting to the brother oh wow so there's been maybe like a lot of but maybe it's like the the dragon thing like took a, a while like it, it's it's and it's just more interiority like it's just more being in in rooms chatting and drinking tea and just like still frames and it's just like yeah this is it's just a really character driven show and Loki yeah. like the main characters are like are interesting but it's like. unfulfilling because they don't really get the investment they need and then the ones who are actually like fully like so so perfectly um fleshed out or just like the the snippets are are really okay Mm -hmm. is the maid is uh ilia and uh rainy because it's just like they're not the main character we only get to like clue in with them when we like when there's something interesting, and then it's like you can make all sorts of assumptions about what's going on. Right, right. So their fan service is like better, I think. Well, it the I think the 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 issue with our main protagonists is that they're that oh my gosh that they're they're that it's supposed to be a narrative that causes roles to flip before roles are established. Right because they exist in like trope roles you know like fucking honest is comes comes off really strong she comes off as like i have queer desire i know that i like you know i know that i think this person's beautiful i felt that she was beautiful for forever um you know i'm gonna steal her away from my younger brother who like doesn't know shit about how amazing this woman is Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna set her up for success and as i do that i'm gonna build up this woman's this yuffie's like self-confidence her sense of like freedom Mm -hmm. i'm gonna like do all these things right Right. but i'm also oh sorry go ahead no no finish no 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 oh i was just gonna say but like is the the epitome of like ganky girl you know yeah yeah. Um. And it's supposed to be. She's supposed to give you Genki top vibes, right? Because huh. Yuffie's supposed to give you like, Yuffie's supposed to give you like, I don't know what's going on. Gay sex. Like she's supposed oh, to. Oh really? Just, I didn't think that at all. I I from the anime, like it felt like that was supposed to be the vibe. You know, oh. like Yuffie. Yuffie comes off from me based on the anime as being very like. Anasama, like, I don't know what you're doing. You're crossing some boundaries with me in the beginning. Like, 
I'm not sure how you're coming at me. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't get a lot of queer desire from Yuffie for a while. And then, all of a sudden, narratively, it felt like everyone was talking about the two of them as if they'd, like, bang all the time. Right. And that, like, Yuffie should, like, know that she has gay desire. Because, like, and, like I just didn't, I didn't see it for a while. She comes off, she comes off very, like, nervous, trepida- trepidation, and, like, wallflower type. From my point yes. of view, without without the without the manga. Yes, and I would say we are also watching another show that features a top who I, or a person who I think is top, who is the nervous, less oh. self assured one. Yes, yes, yes. So I would yes. say she's falling into like that trope. I and I and I and I say that because I didn't think Annis had any like I didn't think you could clearly read any of her admiration as queer desire. Because she immediately uh-huh. disclaims herself by being like, oh, I just said that so I could disinherit the throne. And then we never go back to that. And so it's like, okay, well, I doubt, I just doubt your sincerity about being queer. I think that you're so hung up on being from like a reincarnated person that it's just like, yeah, maybe queerness is like implicit, but it's not necessarily a desirous queerness. It's like an identity. It's like a. Uh, here's how I feel queerness that doesn't really have anything to do with anybody else. Interesting. Interesting. uh, Or it has everything to do with everyone else because everyone else is not reincarnated. But that's Mm. not sexual. That's not sexualized. And it shouldn't be, but it's like a deeper identity crisis thing. Or it's a, yeah, I call it crisis because it, yeah, for no, her she, it's like, crisis, but like, yeah, for yeah. her it's crisis. Yeah, yeah, but like she she has like other shades of queerness, and so like I never I never took what she was saying as desire. Like whenever she complimented Yuffie, it just seemed like envy, and then that really uh, made me like, oh, I <laughs> I just don't believe you. I think I think you're I think you need to like be okay with yourself. Whereas Yuffie, I thought was the one who was like coming to terms with actually not like having actually not cared not. about her, the prince and right just doing things out of duty yeah and like most of her most of her journey was like finding out what she wanted mm-hmm. and so it's like that seems like yeah, sort she's of like a, actually a, the protagonist of the yeah <laughs> and it honestly seems like a top idea it's just like if 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 being um if going for what you want is supposed to be the thing that you're coming to terms with and now you're saying you want the princess that seems like a really it seems like real like um <laughs> like positive energy you know what i mean like act yeah, activeness yeah, yeah. yang energy yeah and so if like the if the active energy is like the top energy then she's just giving more top energy um it seems like annis is going to be the one to submit i mean so yeah, no, I totally get that sense of that, especially like towards the end, right? Um, obviously, the way that the kiss goes down, um, you know, Yuffie definitely is giving more top vibes in the relationship. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's not that it's not that Annis uh, gave more top vibes earlier. It's just like based on the positionality and like where I understood desire. It just didn't seem that like honest would flip into like suddenly like oh this is a real positionality you know because like for me when she like remembers you know she like 
has this memory of Yuffie doing magic um, when they're young. And it's kind of like at this moment where she, I feel like she says something like, oh, I wish I could marry a woman or like something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, that moment was like crystallized as like, oh, this character is being forward and putting Yuffie in positions of close proximity because she has a clear idea of what she wants. Now, maybe that ideal is like in a fantasy because again, it feels like queerness doesn't exist in the world, right? Right. Um, you know, and that's always, like, a weird thing. I think I texted you about it, but mm. whatever. Um, but I think that, like, because we didn't get any interiority, like, having the Genki Foundation suddenly, like, crack and crumble really suddenly. Um, and, like, seemingly out of nowhere. And then have it to be on this thing around being isekai mm. like, makes, like, no, like was really hard. It was a really hard transition for me because even though I think that what she was dealing with was interesting, right? Like doubting who, doubting if she was real because of like when she awakened to her memories, mm. um, because we didn't get that interiority and that interior struggle, then it like kind of didn't make sense why everything was so pained and like so um, over-dramatized. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and like when she kind of confesses to Yuffie about this, it feels like it's supposed to be a big moment, mm. and it low key isn't because we didn't like we don't understand that like that she was struggling with that, um, not even through like body language, you know, like beforehand before that arc, obviously during that arc, yeah, and, and even then when she's struggling during the arc, there's like other reasons why, right? Like they're immediately talking about her how, like, they never really had a queen before and how she needs to, like, hook up and get married to a dude and have mm. children immediately. Mm. So you could see her discomfort by being forced into a heterosexual partnership that she doesn't desire mm. more so than, like, her her, 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 her um, philosophical, uh, like, existential crisis about whether she's real or not. <laughs> you know, like, there's, like, those things are very... <laughs> Forced heterosexual sex um, in a partner in a in an unlovable partnership is very different than an existential crisis, and so mm. I just feel like like that like that was all like a hard shift. And then Yuffie, in my from my vantage point as an anime viewer, I don't feel like she. Um, I don't feel like she. I don't feel like the character beats for that transition were really clear to me for her to be more active and her being like suddenly like I have this strong desire, you know, um, she gets kind of like egged on um, to like reconsider her position by gloomy girl. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but like this is so suddenly after the whole ordeal with the brother that like, you know, it's just, um, it's it's just yeah. like unclear. It's just unclear. There's no sense of time, I think, right. also in the show, right? So it's unclear what the sense of time is, and because it's unclear what the sense of time is, then it's unclear how these characters are growing with each other, right? Um, because everything's so insular, everything's always sunny, mm -hmm. right? We have no sense of a change of a season, mm -hmm. um, at least like like for a brief moment, mm -hmm. you know. So is this all happening in like? like two to three months <laughs> you know like it's just 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just like hard to finagle. Right. Now when she when she was being top Yuffie, did I like it? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know? But like it, like it just you know and I was happy for an on on screen Yuri kiss, even mm-hmm. if it cost me um the show. Every <laughs> 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 many hundreds of minutes. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine. I watch a lot of anime, some good, mm-hmm. some bad. Um but you know, and I literally, when the kiss happened, I was like, "Was that worth it?" Hmm. Fair. Because it was a cute moment. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was based on the ending, but. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, the ending is so uh, that it really did ruin a lot. Like they, it's but it's also like you're acting like you're not going to get another season. You are literally wrapping this. This looks like. This is yeah. some like J.K. Rowling Harry Potter ending. It's like, and none of you can get up on this. It's like, well, okay, cool, good for you. I guess this is what we're getting. And it's just like, I don't know. That was it was it was definitely a train wreck of a fucking ending, as far as I'm concerned. But also <laughs> reading the manga, it's like I know that there's more shit here, and like the I I see. And it's probably what's coloring my, like, vision on Yuffie because there are more moments when she is, like, having the conversations with um the best friend. What's her name? Gloomy, um, gloomy one? Yeah, it's like... Oh, Tilty. Just, Tilty. Oh, yeah, Tilty. Um, yeah. Like, and she's a great character, too. I love her. She just doesn't... And she has, like... Honestly, she has this subtext, like, secretly in love with um, Anna's thing that I really thought was, like... It's like, okay, that's good. I like that. I thought that might have been the case, but you can't really tell in the anime. You can't tell if she's overprotective or she actually is like, I wish you chose me. I think she's just like, I hate you. I love you, but I hate you. Oh, to honest? Yeah, because they have a a serious love-hate relationship and they're like really oil and water. But it's just like, you're probably like, you just don't know what to do with yourself. You know how much you love oil and water. (laughs) Um, <laughs> you know, luckily, what Arcane has taught us is that <laughs> entire like fans fan like adoration art could just be dedicated to oil and water somehow. Yeah. Just so we fresh. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, the I thought I I guess I was just like saying like oh, you want you understand that your friend is attracted to this person like you can read your friend better than she can. Um, and you're also big, like acting like, and Tilty was also acting like, fuck, it's not me. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Um, she really kind of came in and I think saw, she also deus ex shit because she just comes in and says, but isn't this how you really feel? <laughs> and then <laughs> Yuffie's like, <gasps> that sounds plot heavy. She's, she's like, she's like, <laughs> you might be onto something there. Right. Like, gets yeah. the new script. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was supposed to be languishing in denial for another three episodes. My like, bad. Like we don't have the budget for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we gotta skip a few things. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> Low key. Low yeah, key. That is, that's, what, that's what happened. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> this could really be like a... If they, if they suddenly... 
they need to do like a review crossover where we find out that it's actually <laughs> just like the play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so and it would make sense. I would I would yeah. forgive it then. I'd be like, oh, they didn't have the props. But yeah, they also didn't have the fucking budget again. <laughs> yeah, the and this is more like episode count, which is like yeah. it's wild because the premiere is so pretty, it's so promising, yeah. and then by the end of it, you were just like, what happened? That was a whole lot of air, mm. hot air. <laughs> yeah. I guess cold air because no one's really using fire magic. Yeah, um, not even. Yeah. But I favor the villainous is also getting a um adaption, and that is another isekai. So we will see about like how um, isekai yeah. Yuri continues to develop because that is also a light novel that is also being adapted into a manga, which is much farther along, and now yeah. they're adapting it. So. Yeah, and, like, we'll definitely, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I also, you know that I like the isekai villainous genre as a whole. Um, I just finished watching the most meta one, like, you could possibly ever watch. I'm forgetting what its name was. Something about a tsundere. Mm. Um, But, which, like, you know, that one was, like, like, if we're talking about characters and we're talking about, like, plot-heavy, like, what could contrivances like that one definitely is full of them but like it's also it also like like it's also like so meta that they like really tried their they they, they were doing their best you know <laughs> this felt like they had all the ingredients to be something that was really successful mm-hmm. and it just didn't it didn't happen in execution, which I yeah. think is more more ir- irritating than something being like, oh, like you were trying your best here. Like right. this is this is a hard thing to pull off, you know. Um, especially when like you know, in the other anime, the Sundere one. I'm sorry, I'm not remembering the name, y'all. Um, it's like the there's two characters playing a video game, and the characters in the video game can hear their voices. One of them can hear their voices as gods. And they're trying to change the route of the villainess in that game because they she's misunderstood as a tsundere. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to get this, like, perfect ending um, while they're kind of doing, like, commentary as if they're commenting on, like, some kind of, like, sports game or something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, like, so much meta. Mm-hmm. At the same time, these two characters who are commenting are supposed to be falling in love with each other. So, like, it's a lot. There's a lot of moving parts to that. <laughs> And it kind of still, it kind of still lands. Um, I mean, so when there's time, yeah. the meta can get really good. It's like, even though we're both saying there's so much meta here that it actually was too much and like is overall flat and d- diluted because it didn't get enough time. Yeah. When we're watching stuff that does get the time or reading stuff that does get the time, it ends up being really successful. So. I wouldn't well, want, like, shows to go away from this. I'm not sure mm-hmm. I also want them to have more time in season. But I think that this is, like, one of those moments where it's, like, it's okay to get a second season. Like, why is it so hard for a Yuri show to have a second season? When is, yes. even if it's not a Yuri show, when are we going to get Yona the Dawn season two, damn it? Like, oh when are we going to get our good shows back? <laughs> yeah, Yona the Dawn season two is, the fact that it hasn't happened is a tragedy. So um, sad. 
Yeah. And the, the, the manga's still ongoing. I checked recently. But it's like, um, even if it's good, like, that is such a good show. It was so popular. I could see, I don't know how popular this was, but, like, Bloom Into You. So popular. Oh, Taking yeah. Taking forever. Yeah. Yeah. Deserves, definitely, Bloom Into You is so good. These are, um, just to let y'all know, these are, like, peak, these are high-quality anime recommendations from me and Francesca. Uh, we actually have talked about maybe doing a Bloom Into You episode, but I just don't feel right about it unless I, like, watch all of it beforehand because it's been so long. Like, rewatch um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but Bloom Into You is great, um, and so is um, Yona, Yona of the, the Dawn. Dawn. Um, Bloom Into You, you need to, like, kind of search for. I don't think it's on Crunchyroll. Yona of the Dawn is definitely on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um we are not paid to say that. I just. <laughs> no, say please support these shows. Yeah, they're just really, they're really worth it. Yeah. Um, I actually, when I give anime recommenda- recommendations, I usually overload the person with anime recommendations, but I ask what platforms, they, viewing platforms, and then I check what's available on there, and then mm-hmm. I give them, I give them to them. So thoughtful. Um, yeah, based on what genres they're into. Um, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the the interesting thing, the point that you made about this show is that it's a character-driven show. And so a character-driven show needs either more finesse to the characters or um, it needs more time. And the other show I was watching was definitely a plot-driven show. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't need the characters... The characters didn't need a lot of time because they were they were engaging with a video game narrative, mm-hmm. right? That, like, that was more plot-focused. Uh, mm-hmm. So... They were able, even if it was a rushed adaptation, they were able to go through all the story beats kind of really um, nicely. Right. This felt like we went through three different arcs in 12 episodes. And I think other anime, they would have settled on two or one, right? Because um, yeah. you have the you have the arc of the dragon, which in the, you know, the arc of the dragon isn't including the, the, the introductory arc of the world and of the situation, Right. No, it's like an emergency arc. Yeah, but like, so like, so like, there's the dragon arc, and then there's the brother arc, and like, a lot of animes would have been satisfied with just that. They also wouldn't have done the like, the like successor arc, you know? It's like um, Loki, like Ginyu Force within Frieza Saga. <laughs> yes, yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a mini boss. How... Yeah, Sorry. which which one was the dragon? The dragon, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but like, but like, yeah, yeah, like that's a great comparison, right? Because I felt like this is like, what's right after the Frieza saga? Um, well, Frieza comes back, and then um, the androids. Right, 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 right. So this is like, this is like future trunks slash like yeah, training for the androids. Training for the androids, yeah. This totally feels like you know how however many episodes that was, right? Much more than twelve. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is this is like this is like if the dragon's Ginyu Force and then the brother is Frieza, right? Um, this is feels like they like over like we got like to almost to the android arc, and you were like, why did you do that in twelve episodes? Like, why did you decide to do that? Right. <laughs> um, uh, when there's all these little things that you could have fleshed out in the world that would have been interesting. Um, yeah. But maybe, but maybe they realized, you know, a lot of people didn't want to just see them sitting around having tea and talking. If right. that was a lot of the, there's a like lot no of the training action. Monta- I mean, there could have been a training montage. That would have been interesting because maybe there would have been 
something interesting I... about like uh, Yuffie and her magic. Like it's just so yeah. it wrote. It's just so like the well, they only... know it somewhere, but it's not. Yeah, happening. she mainly only uses like wind. Like when she's using the blade, she only uses wind and fire magic. Yeah, and they're clearly like mid-level spells. She doesn't even go through the other six elements. And like, yeah, I was watching something at the time that like you know um they were doing really interesting things around like what dark magic had the capability of doing mm. and so like it was like even though you went into a generic like magical world there was like still interesting things going on like despite their gen- genericness you know they like knew what was their niche that they could twist on mm. um because, like, dark magic there, it was, like, not only teleportation magic and not only, like, cursed magic, but gravitational magic. Mm. And so you, like, had someone who used gravitational magic, like, interesting, you know? You know, And there's, like, nothing, yeah, the whole thing about, like, talent, right? It seems like there it's very clear that there's, like, high levels of magic, mm-hmm. um, but we don't know what they are. We don't know what they're capable of. Right. And just seeing that would have been cool. And the assumption um, is, like, the dad, like, the father, the king can do it. The assumption is that Yuffie's dad can do it. Maybe even um, so Anis's mom, who, right. like, shows up for these, like, it was also, like, Random not a very well-developed fuck. character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her and the brother was just, like, I don't, you you two are l- literally only talking the plot. and Literally the mom. It's, I always loved you. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> Like, what are you even talking about? Where was that episode? But <laughs> I mean, maybe we're also just really spoiled from My Next Life as a Villainous. But, like, it's like, man, those childhood episodes really do work, like, when they're in there. Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, most of the most, most of the most, sure. Most of the most successful isekais I've seen um, have, they, like, are foundational to the child, like, the childhood portion if they are reincarnated as a child are are important those are formative years for a reason (laughs) you can't deliver us a person that's like fully formed without them being like integral and important you know um i think the only one that was like that that wasn't the case and even then that was an anime adaptation choice was the um reincarnated as a spider um anime huh um, and that's a whole class gets reincarnated. Oh. And so you get introduced to a lot of the classmates and their reincarnations as mostly like adults. Mm. But the spider, you, you still begin when, when she first hatches as a, as a young spider, right? Mm. So you still get youth for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, this is, uh, plot spoilers. Um, if you, if you don't know anything about reincarnated as a spider right now, please just, we're going to wrap up soon. Mm-hmm. You don't need to listen to the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, or, you know, like try to skip a few seconds. Right. Um, but like, that was a choice where like, um, in the, the light novel or the manga, whatever it's based off of, it's a linear narrative and mm-hmm. you like, she eventually gets older and like whatever. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the anime decided to show, um, parts of the later arc simultaneously as you were going through her growth mm. so you like weren't aware you thought that they were happening at the same time but it was confusing because mm. it's like well why did they live for 15 years and she's just starting out as a baby spider mm-hmm. and it's like oh there's there's a time discontinuity for a reason mm-hmm. 
um, she's actually been leveling up and becoming OP for like 15 years mm. while they like were just like children for a large right. portion of it. And so like they're way behind her. Right. Um, and monster experience is like way different than being a human. So mm. yeah. Um, but you know, like that's like a, that was like a show that like decided to do um, something different around expectations, but it wasn't, it wasn't the original premise had you starting from childhood, you mm. know? Um, and being like, this is a baby. There are formative years. <laughs> right. And then it got spun out. Or like, the, yeah. was the interesting, like, the fact that that was not the case necessarily was its own, like, twist. Right, right, right. And like, and like, and it's supposed to be because like, if they, if they obtain memories, you know, one of the key things with Honest is that like, she has this entire existential crisis about who she is, right? And it's maybe why she rebels. And so the fact that we don't even get that that moment of realization, mm. right, um, means that we're missing something integral, integral and foundational to her character. It explains why she's always wistfully sad, you know? It explains why she has this, like, gloominess to her sometimes, despite her happy disposition. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of her body language makes sense. Um, and then it, And then the tension between her having this deep anxiety and maybe not feeling lovable because of it makes even more sense why she feels inaccessible to to Yuffie at times despite um despite all these gestures of of tenderness and 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 gushingness to mm-hmm. Yuffie. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden it's like, ooh, that sounds interesting. That's like sounds like something I want to watch. Me mm-hmm. saying that out loud. You know, I'm like I was like, oh that sounds that sounds like drama. That sounds like um, you know, you know, real human reckoning, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think they, I think they, I think it, I think it nods to that stronger in the uh, manga for sure. The like um, existential issue. But Mm. then I, I think, um, I think it gets blended. I don't think it comes off as like a, I'm not one, like I'm, it, some of it is I'm a fake. Mm. Some of it is, I have always wanted to experience using magic and I'm glad to live in a place where magic doesn't exist, but I can't participate because I can't use magic. Right. And then like the, the desire comes from the dream to, to fulfill versus the desire coming from like, I just want to survive or I just want to like get, make it through this crazy world I'm in sort of thing. So it's like less like survival and more like um, aspirational, mm-hmm. which is feel also feels like less meaningful. I guess. I I mean I think it's you know there's whimsy that's not or horrible. It's a fantasy world she's been reincarnated to. There's maybe maybe it's nice to just kind of see somebody being isekai and getting to do the wish fulfillment arc, uh, yeah. and then it somehow becomes like a romance too, but. The wish fulfillment in was stronger in my mind than, and, and than like the romance for her or like the desire from Annis. And so when when she made these moments of like talking about how she made these decisions in childhood that came from wish fulfillment and not wanting to do anything responsible and just wanting to focus on what was gonna make her feel like she had lived a good life. Yeah. I was just like willing to buy into that over any kind of romantic input. Um, 
and then and then in the manga it's also like she's the one who's kind of mysterious it's just she's she's the one who's ultimately unknowable i think i think you're right that it's like this existential thing Mm -hmm. but then it also it it it's like that's like the deeper thing but she her gankiness is also like a uh kind of shield yeah and i think you know it's so rare that we see gankiness as or it feels rare maybe Mm. it's not rare in actuality but it feels rare that we see gankiness as like a shield yeah um and and done and done well and like properly right like usually like gankiness is supposed to be like um ginky meaning like cheerful general bright optimistic outlook etc um you know it's supposed to be like maintained sustained and even like um endured through right um we know this um most eloquently with Madoka, right yeah um and so like you know it's it's interesting when it's like no this is my facade and now my facade is cracking and what's underneath here is someone who's like desperately need in need of like love and affirmation and like care right and like that and instead of being the object that gives care you know um and so i think that that's also why i was you know yeah it's it's this is like this is the reason why i'm frustrated slash irritated with this is i feel like there's it has all the elements to make me really like it Mm -hmm. and it and it falls short on mostly all of them Yeah. I, I I agree. Yeah, for for what the show should have been, I agree. Yeah, um, and I guess on that agreeable agreeable sure <laughs> agreement, um, we <laughs> will wrap up. Um, this is interesting because I feel like we're much we're usually much more methodic about how we talk about this show, but there was just like so much like <laughs> there was so much to just be like ah yeah. <laughs> that we could just we could just do it. Um, so um. We usually, we've been trying to do question and answers for the polls. Um, So this is going to be, because we're doing generic fantasy, I think we can do um, an easy generic fantasy poll. I think last time we used you, right, Francesca? So it's my time. Yeah. Um, Okay. So we're going to do a a classic. Um, Out of the four elements, which, you know, fire, water, air, and earth, um, which one do you think I am? Um, and then uh, if you don't agree that I'm one of the four, you can always email us your suggestion for another one um, at... <laughs> Touche. You can email us your um, thoughts on that at bfgpod at gmail.com. Um, yeah, and this poll is on the, um, it's really annoying. It's only on the Spotify, well, like, annoying because it's not, you know, available everywhere, or easily right. available. Um, it's, uh, on the Spotify app, and mm-hmm. so you have to go on the app, click on the episode, and then you will find a poll there, right. um, to answer. Um, and if we get some res- responses, then, you know, we might chat them out on the podcast. Um, we won't, they're, they're in- anonymous, so... The only way to, you know, be known is to email us, um, right. which Francesca already said how to do that. I did. So. <laughs> You've been told. Um, but yeah, so happy to be here with y'all. <laughs> so glad to keep doing this with Francesca. Yes. Um, there are um, some episodes I'm really looking forward to recording, and I hope you are too.
All right. Bye-bye. Later. <laughs>